everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me today is Anthony. Good evening, good evening. And this is the Thursday edition of Paranormal Roundtable. So, folks, in, in case you don't know, we have a show we do every Thursday, and it's always interviews, people telling their stories or their encounters or giving us information, and that's what the heck we do. Um, a lot of people don't realize that. They don't realize. And then Tuesday is just us retelling encounters. Friday, we have a guest, but it's on a live stream, YouTube only. And then Sunday, we retell people's encounters, and that is also a YouTube exclusive. But it's all intertwined. So if you're not listening to both, you're kind of missing out. So just giving you the heads up, folks. It's good and all to listen to this on Spotify or whatever your favorite platform. We're on all of them. But check out YouTube because Friday and Sunday you get a lot of pertinent information that you would not otherwise get. That being said, we also have Facebook groups. We have Paranormal Roundtable group. We have Paranormal Lounge. We have the Paranormal Prayer group. We have the Holistic Healing uh, what else do we got? Do we got, we got Phil Stern's uh, fan page, like Josh Turner, Josh Wolf Turner, Wolf Turner fan, page. fan page. Go check that out. It's a bunch of funny stuff, memes and whatever. And sometimes they're making fun of me. That's fine. I don't care. And, and then <laughs> the uh, we have Martin Nunley's in Humanoids, and then we have the Quad Coalition of Sciences with Nick Valenti. Good friends of ours, friends of the channel. Check them out. And of course, there's a lot of our friends that we would we promote in the Blondes and Booze. Uh, Bigfoot Michigan Rob, or BMR as he's called, uh, Texas Front Porch, T-E-X apostrophe S, Texas Front Porch, that's Big Tex, and Ry Voss, uh, well I guess he's not, they're not together now, he doesn't have the lost frequency, I think he's going to have his own show, I don't know what, but Gary Brand, Within the Midst, uh, Christopher Garitano with his podcast, Off to the Witch, uh, Lyle Blackburn, what's his called? I think it's called Monstro Bizarro. Monstro Bizarro. It was kind of went blank there for a minute. So yeah, th- those go check those out. Good friends of ours and Bettina Moss, Crypto Normal Encounters with B Moss. So a lot of our our friends. If I missed anybody, I apologize. And don't forget, every Tuesday, if when you listen to the show, and we're probably going to start incorporating Thursdays too. We're going to drop the link onto the Paranormal Roundtable group on Facebook, and then if you leave a comment, you may be able to win an autographed book from one of many different authors. Now, if you want to get my books autographed, you can join the $40 or $50 tier on Patreon, and you will get one of my books for four, on the $40 tier and $50 tier. You get both of my books, but you also get an autographed book from one of many different authors, and that starts from the $10 tier all the way up. Uh, the $20 tier, is, is it gets a little better. You get a shirt, $30 tier, you get a shirt and some other things. Uh, I think you get like two books, right? Yeah. And then the $40, you get one of my books and one of the other author's books. And then the $50 tier, you get both of my books autographed, plus one of my fellow authors like Barton Nelly and Ken Gerhard. So that that is how that works. Patreon's a great way to support the show. You can also do a super chat during this show or any other live stream. Um, but the thing is, the Tuesday and, and Thursday are pre-records. They're not a live stream, but we do play them where you can chat. There's a chat that's attached to it uh, on uh, YouTube. So if you want to watch it on YouTube when it premieres, you can you can go into the chat and you can donate there in the super chat to help the show. It's up to you, whatever your cup of tea. So that being said, we got a guest tonight. We need to bring him on. His name is Steven Siegel. 
Not Steven Seagal, the the out of shape guy who goes around going, "I'm gonna beat you up now," and he throws his hands around, yeah, no. and squinting for some reason yeah, and all the squinting time, squinting constantly. Like sun's in his eyes. Not not him. Not that guy. The uh, this guy's a lot cooler. His name is Steven Seagal, like as in a bird. But Steven, you want to come on and introduce yourself? Hey guys, how you doing? So Steven, you were on the live stream one time, and you talked about some pretty interesting stuff. And I've been wanting to record with you because you have so much more information to, to, to put out there. And so the live stream, it doesn't always like give, you know, the whole, but that's not what it's for. It's there to kind of introduce you to someone. And that's what it did. So I don't know if the audience remembers, but for those who don't, he came on one time and talked about his cryptid encounters. We're going to go over that right now. And then we're going to get into some other stuff. But go ahead and get started from your first earliest experience, Stephen, and then we'll go from there. Okay, just for uh, the folks out there, too, uh, on YouTube, I was known as Darkwoods back then, and now you'll know, see me in the chat as Mr. Woods. But I got started in all the cryptid stuff around 2018 because uh, I had a situation where my truck got totaled by a tree, and... um there is no reason for half the top of a tree to come off and land in a particular way on my truck. You can't break off like 40 feet within the woods and go through a bunch of trees and then land <laughs> in my truck, you know. There was no storm or wind or anything that night. And I didn't really think much about Bigfoot back then or had any interest in it. I just knew the name, you know. But what was weird was when I got a rental car and I finally... Because I didn't live up here then, up here in northern Wisconsin. Like, I'm 20 minutes from the UP. But um, on the way back home in a rental car, I just had this burning desire to research Bigfoot, to look it up on the internet and stuff for some bizarre reason. Um, later on, I found out through some people that it, put, it probably could have been an implant on my brain, you know, to do something like that. But whatever the case is, that was the start of the adventure to uh, quite a few different um, unique encounters, I would say. So, you were, you were driving when this happened? No, the vehicle is parked next to the house with other vehicles. And um, we all went to bed. I was up here on vacation uh, back in 2018, and I moved up here in 2019. But um, we have a Labrador back then that anything that moved outside, she'd be barking. You know, she's pretty alert. And the amount of damage to the car would be like a 40, 45-mile impact, you know, like a car into a tree. So the windshield was busted. The roof was caved down to the dashboard. Um, the force of the impact from this 15-foot section of tree it um, collapsed the entire suspension on the truck, and then it turned the body mount inside out. So that's an even the weight of the branch itself couldn't do that kind of damage. So I mean, what do you what do you think it was? Well, you know, um, my girlfriend she was known as Primal Cry back in the day. Uh, we got that group in Facebook still, but um. She has a son, and 
they were the only two living here. From understanding about Sasquatch itself, uh, not so much as dogmen, but they are around here as well. Um, they're more of a clan type, and I would call them people because they do have human DNA. And um, over in hindsight, we realized that they, because you would camp out in the woods, like where we live up here, you got woods right up against the house, 360. And I could drive 40 minutes to work and never leave the woods. You know, we're a national forest and stuff. So she would go camping out in the yard, which is in the woods, you know, and there's big wolves up here. You could put a saddle on and ride. They're huge just for natural predators. But um, my girlfriend knew about these before I did more so. Uh, but she didn't really talk about that much, but she, you know, like I said, she'd camp out there and never worry about stuff. I mean, she would hear things. And so what we believed was I was a new kid on the block that came up, you know, I was cranking Motley Crue late at night trying to find this place, <laughs> you know, just a punk kind of guy. And, you know, I came up hanging out and they're like, who's this clown? You know, it's some male dude. And I think they were keeping a watchful eye over her and her son and you know and then I don't know for whatever reason they decided to smash my truck and I don't know if they did that to see how I'd react or to get rid of me or to keep me there I really don't know but um, they do seem to be protective over certain people uh, I would say that more so the good ones because you hear a bunch of I don't know, I think there's a lot of hype in the uh, aggressive killing Bigfoots and Dogman and this and that, whatever. Uh, and I'm sure there is some instances that are bad, but uh, every encounter we had up here has been great, you know. And you said you're like up near the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, but you're in Wisconsin, technically? Yeah, it's like 20, 30 minutes north. We're straight down the road, so... In the Upper Peninsula, there's nothing there. I mean, there's yeah. hardly no people, like hardly at all. We're like in the beginning outskirts of real small towns. Yeah, that's so, all it is. It's very rural. Yeah, I've interviewed people from that area before. Um, so l let me ask you this. So so that was your first introduction to, I guess, the, the, local, <laughs> the local population of, you, you think, Bigfoot, right? Right. Yeah, when did you first see one? Well, with my physical eyes was during, I didn't actually even see it, but um, in the photos that I had, it was there in a counter that I had with a group of cryptids. It was a female dogman, a male dogman, a small young dogman that was up in a tree and a Sasquatch, a big one. Um, so I never actually laid eyes on one per se. But uh, during the encounter, the only thing that I did see in that group deal was the female dogman. And my focus was totally on her. Um, I had no idea until after I took the photo of what was going on that there was all these other um, cryptids with her. So. So it was like a family, of, like what you believe was a family of dogman. And then it was a Bigfoot in the photo, too. I think that's possible because why would there be, you know, a big male one and a and a and a young one and then that female one? So yeah. Um, and plus, on top of that, there's been some other situations with female dogmen up here. Like the the only thing I know is like during that photo that I took, it was um, 
in April, and there was a young one. It wasn't like real small, but it was a big, um, I would say maybe two or three feet tall if it was standing up. But um, during June, uh, during a live podcast with uh, Impromptu Truth, I had one come up behind me on a face of wood, and that one was like super tiny. So I could say from the photo evidence that I have that the one I seen with the group, um, my uh, first encounter deal, uh, where I physically seen something, uh, was in April, and then they can give birth all the way up into June, it seems, you know. But, and even, but you know, what's really exciting is in that photo, I found out that uh, with that baby dogman that climbed up, I was sitting in front of a face cord of wood we had in the woods, and this thing is right behind me, like a foot away, on the other side of the face cord, climbing up to the top. And the photo shows its hand coming up, and you can see the claws grabbing the wood. And the biggest thing I saw was, you know, when you see a puppy, you know, their eyes are proportioned to their heads. It's small. But on this photo, the eyes on this puppy dogman was massive, huge, big almond-shaped eyes, and they were jet black. And I was like, there's no white or pupil or anything. And I'm thinking, they just look like soulless eyes. And later on, I came across a guy who encountered a dog man who had eyelids that would come up like a shark's would when they bite down on something. And they were jet black and it was flickering up and down. And then uh, that guy, Jeremiah Fountain, he uh, encountered a Sasquatch that had the same thing going on. So I have a photograph where you can actually see it appears that I'm not saying that all the dog men are Bigfoot have this ability, but some of them seem to do, and I have a photograph. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply of the dog man, a real tiny one, that has the eyelids all the way up and it's jet black. I have a four foot light bar that I shine in the woods so that I could do my interviews. And this thing was caught on camera right there because I kept hearing noises. And during that interview, people kept seeing things in the background, I shine and stuff. And I kept shining lights and I couldn't see it. And that thing creeped up and got up behind the face cord and was right behind me. So that was crazy. And you think that these things are completely flesh and blood, or do you think that there could be some sort of supernatural element to them? What do you think? Well, what I think is just my opinion, and it's my belief, but I'm pretty articulate when it comes to trying to understand things. Um, and I don't let any, I don't know, self-defeating propaganda or into, you know, I wish this could be like this and be influenced by that. So I try to keep all that crap out of my head. But to me, it seems like they are spiritual and they can manifest into the flesh. And that's why it seems like they can go through portals or could be here and not be here or just strange things. 
And during that encounter with the group, I go outside my house. I'm in the woods. I go back behind the house. And there's really like no backyard because it's just all woods and you just keep going. So it takes about 15 minutes to get to the river. And back there, I look oh, for a lot of signs because I hunt, you know. I look for deer, where they're going, what the traffic is like, you know, all year round. Because during fall, I could have better odds of, you know, getting a deer or whatever. So... I know all the trees and bushes and everything that are back there. And it's a real dense, thick forest. And um, I know it all the way up to the river. And when I had the encounter with those cryptids that was in a group, um, I managed to take a photo. And I was particular about doing that because I didn't want to just put my camera up to my face like, you know, you hold a gun. I heard bad things about that. So I just crept it up the side of my body and had it facing because everything was right to my left. And I took a photo and I got that shot. So the biggest thing I did before, and I pat myself on the back for even being able to think about it because the whole situation was totally unnerving, was if I'm going to take a photo, I want to get a tree structure landmark so that I can remember exactly to point because I know the general area of where I was but I want to know a specific point where I was going to take that photo and that's what I did so the next day I go back to look for tracks and whatever evidence I could find and I had a group of birch trees that were two you know side by side and if you look deeper in the photo there was two more and it was closer it was almost like narrowing down that's how I made my landmark I go back to the same exact spot the next day. I have my phone on. I'm looking at the photo. And the woods that I have in the picture don't even match to what is in uh, where I took the photo behind my house. Those woods are not even the same as the woods that are in the photo. So it's like I don't even understand how that's possible. Then when I analyzed the photo more, and especially with Truth when we were on his show, he looked at it and he seen all the crazy faces that were in those woods. And we're talking about, like, if you take a porcelain theater mask and you put it on a forest floor, we, there's a photo of something like that that looks sinister and it's laughing. And there ain't no mask there on the floor. I guarantee you that out in the woods out there. Then there's tree stumps with animated... uh hideous looking faces and noses sticking out. Um, that's not there either. So my belief is those groups of cryptids and that section of woods came from a different reality, uh, a different dimension, let's just say. Or maybe a different timeline. <laughs> but you know what's crazy is there's a really nice lady named Robin McCray, and she does... Uh, She's the only person I know that does intense energy work. You know, Bob from BMR, he almost fell backwards out of his seat when she talked to him once uh, during a show because she knew things that he said that there's no way he she could know, you know. And we know her very well, pretty good, and she's very um, accurate with her understanding of energies and she can figure out a lot of different things. And she has severe Sasquatch inter interaction. She could talk to you for years about stuff like that. Um, UFOs, everything. But um, I had her check out the property 
and give me a, an idea of what was going on. And she told me that across the road, because there's a high, like a two lane route road, across the street from there, there is an anchored portal somewhere in a slop. And then in the back, uh, here behind the house, there's floating portals that occasionally come through. So anyway, yeah, those woods don't even exist back behind the house. It seems like all that stuff was teleported in. And, um, you know, what's interesting is there's, um, I'm backed up to the end, the northern end of what's Powell Marsh. It's a massive marshland that's, uh, protected out here. Um, and then during the eighties, there was an actual Bigfoot sighting of, uh, I would say like a eight to 10 foot Sasquatch that was walking through the marsh and some duck hunters seen it and actually did a shaky video of it, you know, of a cell phone or no a video cam, I think back then. And this Sasquatch was walking through the marsh, like you would walk through short grass in your yard in a swampy area and it came up on a trail, um, like a human walkway trail. And then it came back down into the marsh again. And those guys were freaked out about it. And so they went over to where the Sasquatch was walking through the marsh part and they tried to walk through it and they couldn't even go two feet before they gave up. Cause it was just too, too big, too messed up for them to get into it. And they're amazed at that, Bigfoot was walking through there like it was nothing. And, um, you know, so that's some of the evidence that I've heard outside of my stuff around this area. And, you know, there's two different schools of thought about that, too. I've had people tell me uh, one of the encounters we got was in some swampy land in East Texas, and they were talking on the other side of Lake Caddo. And they said that this Bigfoot was walking, like, through this marsh like it was nothing. It was like it was gliding now, yeah. some people will say that it's just because they're so big and strong and powerful and it just makes it look easy, whereas a person it would, in that same spot would have sunk in like quicksand. But I say this. I say that, that they are part ethereal, which makes them easier to, to maneuver and do that. I mean, I, I don't believe that they're fully flesh and blood. I don't care whether they eat or not. I mean, I think there's something to right. that. Um, yeah, I just it, – and it's also, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but what do you think about – some of these things being genetically modified, you know, by shadow entities, like, you know, shadow government or things like that. I mean, there's all these rumors. What do you think? Well, from what I understand, current to date, there's still maybe one in captivity uh, uh, with the U.S. government. I'm sure there's more than that. Uh, from what I heard, there is one. Uh, that's just from the trusted source that I have, but... Um, outside of that, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I'm as far as our country goes, but um, all you need would be one or even just some DNA from wherever, and I'm sure they would be able to replicate such things. And due to their having a uh, DNA already or genetics for it, I'm sure it'd be not an issue for them to be able to create some type of soldier or whatever with it, you know. Um, the only thing, though, in my opinion, if there was some genetically modified Sasquatches, or let's say dogmen as well, they would have to, you would have an issue with something with, um, let's say, a vessel that doesn't have a spirit. So you have something 
to operate that. And from some information that I found out, and then there's also a uh, another channel, Israeli News, a guy broke a story about um, two genetically modified dogmen that were released in Tennessee. And I possibly believe this what may have occurred with the Knoxville situation with the lady and some guy who got messed up over there. But um, they were from what I understand, Navy SEALs who decided to take a modification or become a super soldier, which somehow they were able to genetically change them to a canine type of dogman. Um, and it works for a period of time where they're in control, but after a while, Whatever they did with the genetic modifications, the wild part of it and eventually ended up taking over. So then they're out of control. And instead of exterminating them, they just let them loose. And, you know, you're talking about an area that's near the LVL, and we had some incidences over there as well, where the military supposedly was involved. I'm not sure how that story truly is because there's so many things that popped up after the initial story, you know. But I find that pretty interesting. So, I mean, unless you got, I mean, if you have an empty vessel, I know a lot of spirituality uh, about demonic things and that's going to be the first thing that's going to move into that, you know. And I don't know if you can control something like a Sasquatch itself. given the factors that it, it's spiritual can manifest in the flesh can be ethereal. Um, you know, I've heard reports how they always break into nuclear power plants. They go through seven stages of security. They're in the buildings and, you know, uh, they go to deal with it and it's gone. So, I mean, there's there's not many uh, places you can't keep those things from if they wanted to get there. I've heard stories of them breaking out of bases, in particular one Air Force base on the West Coast. There was one that was captured, and then it got rescued by another one. I don't know if the story's true. It involves a white Bigfoot creature. But, I mean, I don't know. I've heard all kinds of different stories, and I don't know what I believe. Um, but it seemed almost ethereal the way that it did what it did. But the fact that they were able to capture one of them, and it was a juvenile, like a small one, but this bigger one had some sort of an ability, like maybe they grow into their abilities. You know, I don't know. It's weird. Well, here's a scary thought about the uh, idea of them creating like an empty vessel and needing like a living soul to, to, to inhabit it. How does that even work? I mean, like, what if they end up forcing, like, a soul uh, into that body that, that doesn't even want to be in there? And it's, like, and it's like imprisoned in this in this monstrosity that was just created that, that should... It, because it's a, if it's something that's genetically, like, just created, like, in a lab, then it's, like, the thing that should not be. It's something that shouldn't exist. That's true. You know, what if they, they, they have to force a soul into this abomination, like, a living being that doesn't want to be inside of that thing but they just imprison it in there. Well, I'll tell you what, if my soul got stuck in one of those for some mishap reason or whatever, 
I would make the best out of it and take advantage of that powerful thing that I'm in, and I would wreak havoc and get out of my situation or whatever. <laughs> my 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 will would be so strong it would just I would just dominate until whatever until I got killed and I'd be free. I mean, you know, it's a win win scenario there. <laughs> that's one way to look at it, I guess. Because I mean, if that's the case, it's no wonder these things are all so aggressive and, and you know mean and angry. Yeah, I would be it's too. Common, you know. It's a common factor to know that when you hear a lot of reports about deep underground bases, people seeing, you know, chimeras being made and this and that, whatever, that uh, they're always screaming and in agony because it's not, it's not, it's not abomination, you know, it's not neutral, right? So, I mean, and I'll tell you what, get deep into my uh, scenario about who I am, I've had some prophetic dreams and I dreamed about chimeras before I even knew what they were about and they're not really real dreams they're something different you think maybe you're out of your body and you went somewhere you shouldn't have been or or maybe you should have been I don't know how you say it I think I was given um, a truth let's just say that but um, I've had many different ones now, off air one of these days we'll have to talk about that I'll blow your mind I'll tell you that right now what do you think about this, you know, like what's happening right now with like, you know, everybody's talking about the river Euphrates being dried up and the angels are going to be loosed and all this prophecy is coming to pass. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you don't have to delve into it too deeply, but what is your personal opinion on that? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My personal opinion, um, I'll say straight up too that I'm a, I'm a Christian for sure. I believe in Christ as my Lord and Savior. These things that are happening are definitely written in the Bible. Uh, a lot of prophecies have been fulfilled during uh, today and has been, but they're ramping up fast today. Um, so that's no surprise, you know. And it's kind of unnerving that you can actually see it's happening, you know, taking place. So what on your encounters like you saw you know, like because you saw that a dog a female dog man or what was it you saw a picture and then you took a picture like i mean I'm, I saw I'm saying, go ahead um it was during the spring like i mentioned so in the spring up here black bears have cubs you don't want to get in between those two so when i cruise from my house to the back checking out stuff i walked about 20 feet, stop, scan. And I kept doing this. And alongside the house, there's a logging road, and they logged out a small section of woods right before I moved up here. So it's kind of open, and you can get good tracks there, because otherwise, you know, the forest's got a ton of pine needles and all kinds of stuff. You can never get a track in the woods. So it was a primo spot. Anyway, I was making my way there, and when I got up to the through the woods to the end of the wood line before the open space with the small area logged out. I was standing there looking around, scanning again for black bear. 
And all of a sudden, because I'm not thinking about cryptids or nothing, you know, I'm just going to go out and check game trails and whatever. All of a sudden, I had this thing that occurred that was, at first I thought it was like a mind speak or whatever, but to me, I think it's something totally different. I think because uh, of my beliefs, I really believe the Holy Spirit told me something. And it was not a warning or anything like that. But at first it was like, I'm sitting here thinking about stuff and all of a sudden this thing crosses my head and almost, you can almost feel it on the top of your skull going down the back of your head, like a whoosh. And this, it's not words, but it's like a knowing. It was a profound knowing and the knowing was telling me that there's something over there. And it didn't say to my left or whatever, but it was like I had a compass and I knew something to my left was over there. So when that first happened in the middle of my other thoughts, I was like, because it invaded kind of. And I was like, yeah, right. You know, laughing. And right when I got to the end of the word right in my mind, it happened again and really strong. So then... I stopped goofing around and I was like, this is for real. This is serious. So I looked towards my left and I seen something black behind a tree. And I thought, is that a bear? Cause you know, I'm not really in the cryptid thing still, but I had to make a decision right there. And then should I go there and find out what that is? Or should I just turn around and leave? Cause it was, the whole thing was freaky now. So, I'm like, well, if I leave, I'm never going to know what it is. So I decided to go there and check out what it was. I didn't, I didn't go straight to it because that'd be stupid. I just walked in the general direction and meandered my way over there. I acted like I didn't see anything over there, like I didn't know anything was there. But I kept the dark object in my peripheral. And I could tell it was behind a tree and it was kind of tall. And to me, I was thinking it was maybe it was a black bear up on its haunches and it's grabbing up on the tree. But whatever the case was, I didn't look straight at it. I just kept it in my peripheral. Like I said, I didn't want it to know that I knew it was there. And I brought my phone up out of my pocket and I ran it sideways up my chest and I leveled it out. I didn't even look at the phone to try to see if I got the picture square. And luckily, I got it totally square, and I got, like I mentioned earlier, a tree landmark to know exactly the specific spot that it was in. And that's how that encounter unfolded. So later on, when I went and looked at the picture, I couldn't believe my eyes that here's something that looks like a wolf, but it's crouched down and it's holding onto a tree. And you can see its actual fingers on the backside of the tree with its claw. So that ain't a regular wolf. Then later on, uh, that lady Robin noticed the baby that was in a tree next to the to the mother. I didn't even realize it. It goes to show with that photo that once you see it, it's there. But if you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it. They blend in really good. Have you ever witnessed any cloaking coming from them? Like like actual cloaking where you can kind of see them, but they're not. Yeah, well, you know what? The other thing, too, is they run stupidly fast. So you'll see a blur out the corner of your eye. And then 
you realize what it was. Um, primal cry, my girlfriend was, we have a garden. We etched a garden out in the woods, but it's along the side of the logging road. So you get some sunlight, you know, but she was out there and she felt something weird and she looked over and she seen a dog man coming. It was standing on the edge of the woods, just outside of the logging road. She actually seen it. And then she seen it take off and run towards the back of the house. And there's a section that's kind of clear of woods because they got like four foot ferns. It's really thick and tall of ferns back there. And she said she seen it totally zoom through there. And she could barely see the image of it because it moved so fast. Um, but I do have a photo that is kind of strange too because like when I moved up here, the first year, I went for a walk towards the back of the river, and then I went through that four-foot-tall section. It's a big, big section of ferns that were growing. So I went through it, and I'm like, man, that thing is so – that's so cool. I'm going to – at the end of it, I'm going to turn around and squat and take a photo. And when I did, I captured something that I didn't even see there. And it wasn't until later on when I was looking at my photos that I – realize what was happening but i have a photograph where you can see the top part of a dog man's head and the ears and then you can see its eyebrow ridge and one eye socket and then from there down the whole thing is cloaked and you can see an outline of its body even though it's cloaked but the body itself it matches the terrain in the background. You can see a lot of leaves and branches and stuff, and that's what the body looked like. But you can see an outline around it. And once I realized that that that, that was in the photo, I realized that that dog man was following me. And I just came through the fern grove and it was right where, when I took the photo, when I turned around and took a photo, it, it was right in the trail at the beginning of the grove that I just came out of. So it must have followed me all the way to the river and whatever. But I do have a photograph, um, and it's also in my Facebook group, um, where you can see the top half of fleshy dog men head and one eye socket, and then the rest of it's blurred out. And even in a blur, you can still see it's a long snout. There's no way it's paradelia because you can look and you can see a freaking real top of the head of a dog man. And then the rest of it looks. So I think when I turned around and took a photo, I think it was full view following me. And then for some, you know, I turned around and instantly it took a photo and it tried to cloak. And it was 95% cloak, but I, I caught it, you know, and I seen top part of its head later on. <laughs> When, when, when the thing happened to you at first, like the, the first encounter you had, like where, where the thing happened with your, with your, with your truck, like how long ago was it from that point to where you actually started encountering these creatures? Well, you know what, uh, 2018 in October, that's when that happened with the truck. I was coming up here to visit my girlfriend and then, uh, I actually ended up moving up here in June of uh, 2019 and I would say in the winter uh, we had our first 
experience with them in January. And then from there on, for the two years, I collected a ton of uh, evidence, physical evidence, and um, some audio stuff, and had uh, experiences as well. So in a short period of time, I had a lot of things happen. Um, but last uh, last year, during the end of the spring, going into summer, I totally closed the doors and all that stuff. I don't even, I never was a researcher. I just coexist with these things, and we never had any issues. But um, I found out some stuff, and then I, I decided to shut it down. I put my group on pause. Um, Primal Cry and I discussed about it, and yeah, we're, we were done. Um, this is rare that I'm actually doing an interview about cryptids because I really don't get into that anymore. <laughs> so, but yeah, I totally, I'll tell you right now, I guarantee anyone who's listening to this, you want to, you want to have an encounter with Bigfoot or Dogman or whatever, or ghosts or anything like that, uh, you're holding open a spiritual door and... Like with us, you know, we had no issues with the forest people is what we call them, the Sasquatch and dogmen. Um, but when you all open that door, you put your attention into those things, then other things can come through that door. So uh, trust me, I had to close that door. Uh, something you don't want to really mess around. And But you didn't open it for them per se, right? I mean, it just kind of happened, didn't it? It kind of happened, and I could have just shoved it off, like, oh, well, whatever, I don't care. But I decided to get interested in it. I got excited about it. I created a group. I started doing interviews. Wherever you put your attention, that's your energy. Where your energy flows, you know, that's that's what's going to grow. And, uh, you know, so just letting you know, Mr. King of Paranormal. <laughs> well, me? <laughs> Yeah, that's how I call you, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you it. Cover, you cover the aspects, Josh. It's just not about whatever. It's anything and everything. And and you know what? There could be a baseline truth to all this stuff. Because I guarantee you, all of us, the best top scientists, everything, really know 2% of our reality. You know? We don't know crap. Yeah, There's absolutely. I'll tell you that. That's the truth right there. Do you do you feel like like you have you had spiritual encounters too that you you think may have been connected or even if they weren't connected I mean because that kind of seems to go hand in hand. Oh yeah, yeah, they're uh, not good. I'd rather not talk about those. Oh, okay. I really don't want to put the energy into that because I had to deal with that. Mm -hmm. uh, changed my world upside down. Uh, I endured it. We did the best things we could during it. And then we finally got rid of it. So we've been on Peace Row for a long time, and I want to keep it that way. So do you, do you think that, though, that, that this, the encounters you had with the Dogman, Bigfoot, whatever, do you think that it had something to do with these spirit, the negative spiritual encounters you had? Yeah, because, you know, um, when, you're doing, when you're dealing with, you know, we talked about, you know, my beliefs on... Dogman and Bigfoot, they're spiritual entities that can manifest into the flesh, and they do whatever here in the flesh for whatever reasons they do. And I'm sure, guarantee you, there's a purpose for it. But 
when you're dealing with stuff like that, that's not normal reality, then like I said, other things come in and then you got to deal with those things. So, um, there's some things that we're not meant to, to mess around with, <laughs> you know, we have a bad tendency to do that. And, uh, I just know from firsthand experience and I've had, I'm nobody, I'm, I'm nobody special. I'm not whatever, you know, it's just every single person I believe on the planet has experiences in situations that occur that are guiding them to, Hey, this is the truth of things. But you know, you know, you grow up into a system and you're programmed it's kind of hard to pick up on that kind of stuff, but I guess I'm fortunate enough not to be so much that way because I had my own issues anyway uh, that kind of pulled me out of that stuff. Um, but whatever the case is, there's a lot of spiritual things that happen to everyone every single day and they just don't realize it. Um, you know, this is a worldly world. We live in a flesh. This is an avatar, you know, your human body. Your spirit is what controls that. But, you know, your human body's got a mind of its own. And, you know, you're forced to put food in your mouth and to take a dump and wipe your butt. So you got to live in this physical reality. And then it becomes your, it comes up as your reality. You know, it's, it's your life. So... People put their spirit in the trunk, you know, and their flesh is running the wheel of life and the steering wheel of the vehicle of life, you know. So when you look at real reality, it's way more than what you understand in a physical reality. It's beyond our even comprehension. Then we're getting the subject matters such as, you know, cryptids and stuff like that or, or ghosts or... Um, things that are taking place today with prophecies and celestial events and the way the world's changing and stuff, uh, physically, the earth. I mean, there's a lot more to it than just uh, scientists and man's understanding of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Do, do you have any other cryptid encounters you want to discuss? I only mentioned this once on Truth. Uh, impromptu true show. There was a time when we had a lot of uh, big wolves in the backyard. I'd come out. Um, you know, it's mandatory when you come outside it because there's no street lights. It's pitch black. You got a dinky house light outside the front. So we always wear headlamps. When I come outside, I look in the backyard and there's, you know, three sets of eyes. And later on, I got a cubing spotlight on one of them because as soon as they see your lamp, they turn and leave and they don't run. They just walk off. But some big wolves that were hanging around property. So one day I came outside uh, before we let the dog out and I was scanning the floor of the woods and I was looking left, right, left. And I don't, I can't even imagine, but for some reason I looked straight up into the trees about 20 feet. So it was a sporadic move. And when I looked straight up, I seen an eyeball in the trees. You can imagine like the size of a big turkey, right, Josh? Mm -hmm. For like Thanksgiving. So that's the size of this eye that I seen in the tree. 
And this is this is real weird. I was scanning the bottom. I looked straight up, and all of a sudden, where my headlamp stopped for some reason, it stopped, and it's right on an eyeball in the tree, about 20, 25 feet up, and I'm about 20 feet away, and it's right at the edge of my driveway, uh, around the area where the tree broke off and smashed my truck. So. I'm looking at the eye, and the first thing I noticed was that there's no eye shine. It's just like a human eye. It 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 didn't reflect nothing back. It was just flat light. The eye, the eye itself was shaped like a dragon's eye. It was like pointy towards the nose, and it came up to a point on the end. I could not see a head or anything the eye was attached to. It was just an eye in pitch black darkness. I have a headlamp on it. I can see the tree leaves. I can see the tree leaves around the eye and some trees where it could be in the tree. But as big as the eye was, I don't even see how it could be in the tree because it was so freaking huge. But the eye reflected zero light. When I looked at the eye, it was the shape that I told you it was in, and it was just one eye. The eye, you know where the white part of our eye is? Mm -hmm. That white part of this thing's eye was, if you took, like, eggs and you put it in a black skillet, and you stir it up, and you get the yellow yolk and some black uh, skillet color coming through it, that's how the white of its eye was. And the center eye was pitch black. And when I saw that, I was like, I mean, you know, your first thought was like, am I really seeing this? And then the way I am, I, if it's something weird, I'm not going to scream and freak out and run. I'm going to look at it and be like, what is that? You know? So it didn't move. It didn't do anything threatening. But I looked at it. I had the headlamp on it. And it was looking straight at me, and it didn't move. And I'm thinking, what the hell, what in the world is this? And we stared at each other for like 30 minutes. It didn't blink, it didn't move, it didn't do nothing. And then after a period of time, I I couldn't, because you got the night sky, and whatever this was must have been pitch black, because it blended in and I could see leaves from the trees around it up in the tree that it was in, but I could not see a silhouette of a head or nothing. But what I noticed was it seemed like it stared at me for a while. And then the pupil of the eye turned inward. And then the shape of the eye of the colors that I told you, you could see that the head turned cause that shape got small and then it disappeared. And then it was gone. There's, I'm 20 feet away. There's no tree noise, like claws against a bark moving from tree to tree. There's nothing that came down on the ground. It was just not there. And I don't, I don't think it was a Sasquatch. I don't know what in the world that was, but whatever it was, it looked straight at me. It didn't feel like it was looking through me or anything, but it was analyzing me for sure, whatever it was. 
So that that's all the time we have for tonight, folks. We're going to put a stop right there. But we'll be back next week with Steven Seagull as he, we continue talking to him. So thank you for tuning in to Paranormal Roundtable. And for Steven and Anthony, uh, you want to say goodbye, Steven? Hey, yeah. It's been an honor to be on the show, Josh. Thank you very much. I know my stuff sounds outlandish, but I no, operate. It doesn't sound any, any more outlandish than anybody else's, man. I mean, it is it is what it is, It's just old hat for all of us. It sure is, man. Okay. But we'll be back next week with Steven. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Good night. <laughs>